gets out of hand fast here at Online Big Blue because this is Tim. This is Online Big Blue Sports. Bring me the best New York Giants sports talk entertainment. Oh, we got a little bit to talk about. We got to talk about Sterling Shepard. We got to talk about the turf monster because every, everyone still is blaming the turf monster. Turf monster smash! The turf monster was out in full effect with Sterling Shepard because you know what? Things just don't happen. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to talk about the wide receiving core, what the Giants can and possibly cannot do. We want to talk about the possible redemption of Kenny G and Kadarius Toney. We got a lot to chat about. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Also, we got a new feature and a new segment. Um, If you are a OG online Big Blue member, and that is a very expensive service, monthly service. It's $1.99. You get all the videos pretty much uh, a couple hours, if not a day early. Um... You also are going to get another added bonus that if you are an OG member, you will also still always get the video early, but you will get a bonus clip along with the video. And what you what basically what you need to do is you need to listen for the sound effect. Bonus clip. That'll play at the sound of every video that has a bonus clip and you will be the first people to get that clip. You can also get the bonus clip if you uh, follow us on iTunes, uh, the podcast, but you know what? It's going to be mainly for OG online, big blue members. Cause I'm trying to do more, trying to do possibly more as I can. Sterling Shepard, of course, now is out with the torn ACL. Um, you know, it's a non-contact injury. They happen in sports. Everyone in, you know, and I hate it because of the fact that you're just going to blame the turf monster. Turf Monster Smash! It's not always the Turf Monster's fault. Sometimes things just happen. I tore my ACL twice on grass fields. Both were non-contact. It just happens. You also have a guy coming back from an Achilles injury. You also have a guy coming back from multitudes of injuries. This isn't his first foray into the injury department, so let's not just sit there and blame the Turf because the Jets play on the same turf that we do. And we looked at this already statistically in regards to the amount of injuries in MetLife compared to any other stadium. And we have, we have two examples of teams playing in there. And and we don't even, we're, we're below the league average in reference to serious injuries, but you know what? We, we just want to, we just want to blame everything because it's a lot easier to blame everything. I find it funny. I didn't want to talk about this right off the bat. Now I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the giants receiving core. I mean, right now we are looking at, trying to figure out a way to replace Sterling Shepard. We can go free agent. That's probably one of the routes that we can look at. But we, I think in some ways we need to look inward. If we're going to go free agent, I mean, logical choice, Alex Bachman. There you go. You know, Bachman led the NFL with 19 receptions during the preseason. He appeared in, I think, three games in 2021. He returned one punt for 16 yards and four kickoffs from 94. Um... You bring the kid in, he is a better version of David David Wrongway Sills because he can play special teams. I've never seen a wide receiver start like David Sills has and have the lack of production and not play special teams. Look at the number of snaps and look at the number of targets and look at the number of receptions for David Sills. Let's just look at it. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest for a point, you know. And I and we we've said it before. Oh, what I got to say, you really don't want to hear, because honesty ain't too high up on your people priority list, right? For some honesty, people, you want honesty. For some people, it's not. But he does not deserve to start. He does not. He's a good kid, pets his dog, walks old ladies across the street. But he's not an NFL starting wide receiver. Can we just stop the experiment? I'm not saying that Alex Bachman is, but Alex Bachman can do more for this team than David Wrongway Sills. 
The other player you can look at is uh, like the likes of Travis Benjamin. He's a little bit older. He's 32. He's a guy that can return punts. He can return kicks. Uh, he appeared in 10 games for the 49ers, primarily as a guy returning, you know, on special teams, returning punts and kicks. But he's he's had his moments in the league. At 32, is he still the burner that he was you know, early in his career? No. But, you know, it's it's a guy that you, it's a professional wide receiver who has played the role, who can come in. And I'm not saying he is going to replace the production of Sterling Shepard. I think he can equal the production of Sterling Shepard because Sterling Shepard is 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 replaceable in this offense. He is. I'm sorry, guys. He was having a nice season, not a great season, but he can be replaced. Uh, I know people have bandied about the name Adam Humphreys. Uh, slot guy. I'm I'm not against it. He he probably fits in the Giants mold in reference to what he can do statistically. But am I sitting there thinking that you know am I, am I getting am I getting heat from another five eleven receiver? No, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm just not. But you know what? At this point in time, you know what what do we have? He's been in the league now for since uh, well, he was in Tampa. He started at Tampa in fifteen. He's got three thousand three hundred fourteen yards. 320 receptions. He's got 13 touchdowns. Last year, he played for the Washington Commanders in all 17 games, started 11, had 41 receptions, but for only 383 yards. He is what he is. He's going to get what you would get. He's like Popeye. He am what he am. He is going to get you, you know, seven, eight yards and not much else. That could potentially be an improvement. He's, al- he's almost like a running back coming out of the backfield who's, who's going to catch the ball and doesn't get any yak. But you know what? It's it's one of those things that sometimes I think you need to look inward before you look outward. Now, everyone knows that I am not a huge fan of Kadarius Tony. I'm not. I wasn't a fan the day they drafted him. I said it. I said it, I said it the day they drafted him. I said when the nicest thing that pro scouts can say about your route running ability is that you're unique, that's not a good sign. He only had one good year out of four in Florida. And that was during a COVID year. Can you say he does not have moves? Can you say he does not, he cannot be electric at times? But here's the problem with a guy that's so electric. Why don't they trust this electric guy, this, this jitterbug, to return, to return punts and kicks? He's so electric in the open field with his hands in the ball. We don't put him on punt return duty or kick return duty. That's a question I think some Giant fans need to look in the mirror and ask themselves, why is that? But his biggest concern outside of his last, you know, not as outside of three quarters last year, there's not much else to write about with Kadarius Tony. And his biggest issue is he can't get on the field. That's his biggest issue. We don't even know what Kadarius Tony could be. I don't even know what Kadarius Tony could be because he's he hasn't played. He hasn't played consistently. It's inconsistently. He comes in for three, four plays, and he's out. But he's got to be a better option since he's a first-round pick from last year than going out and getting the likes of uh, Benjamin or Humphreys. He's got to be a better or Bachman. He's got to be a better option. Hell, any option's a better option. Any option right now is a better option than having David Sills start. But then the big name everyone wants to dump on, and I've seen some stupid stuff. I've seen some idiotic stuff on Twitter like, you see that? Kenny G, he's 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 purposely tanking for the Giants. No player is going to purposely tank for their organization and ruin their career because he he's going to want to play and have another contract after this contract unless he just hangs up his spikes. 
So we got to stop that nonsense. And I keep seeing that nonsense. It's nonsense. He's not, he's not sitting there and giving up on his career and, and not catching the ball on purpose. I've said this before, and you could tell when people leave things on Twitter and you can tell things when they say things on YouTube and everything else when they say, well, you know, he, he's just, he's just dogging. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. You know, sometimes, and you would understand this and people would understand this if they were actually an athlete and played a, a sport at a high level. Sometimes if you sit on the bench for weeks and you come out into the field and you don't have your timing down and you haven't been playing and you haven't been playing consistently, sometimes you just don't play well because you're not in the flow of the game. Some people, it's the opposite though. Some people can come in without any warmups and look like a superstar. Other people, it's the opposite direction. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with Kenny G, but you got to give the guy some slack. The coaching staff says he still works hard. The coaching staff comes out and says he's saying all the right things except for that one outburst. But at the end of the day, you're probably with Sterling going down and limited options and limited cap space and Dable still, excuse me, Shane's still trying to protect his 2023 cap space. You have to, you have to look inward. And this is a perfect redemption time for both Kenny G and Kadarius Tony. If, if one of Kadarius Tony can get on the field and B, if they allow if they allow Kenny G to get on the field, throw him out. There. You know what he's he, he you know what he's he's playing like a stiff, but he's no worse than Kenny. He's no worse than David Sills. And for the idiots out there that sit there and tell me, well, look, look at production. That's what David Sills is. Did you see what David Sills' stats are? I mean, does anyone did anyone you know bother to to, to take a look at exactly his stats? Anyone? Bueller. Bueller? No, people don't want to talk. People don't want to talk about the truth. Let's take a look at David's. Let's just take a fun little look at last week's snaps count. He played in 62% of the offensive plays, 45 plays. He's caught two receptions at four, four were targeted at him for a catch ratio of 50% for 10 yards a catch. Come on. The week before that, he played in 67 snaps, 92%, three receptions for 37 yards. Come on, guys. This is not a professional wide. This is not a professional wide receiver. He'll get a big play once in a great while because even a blind, a, a blind squirrel finds an acorn. But this is not the guy. And we talk about redemption, and you have a guy on the bench in Darius Slayton who's done nothing wrong to this organization has done nothing but be a giant. But he's sitting there languishing on the bench. I'm going to tell you, he's better than David Sills. I know this. You can tell he's better. He Look at his, if you want to talk about production, look at his production, how much better he is than David Sills. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't know why some guys have gone into the doghouse. And honestly, if you just, just release him, Darius Slayton, that is, if, if, you, if you want to get out from underneath him, but they don't. And I'm not buying this, well, we're playing the guys with the best options. Your best options outside of Richie James and David Sills are and will be always Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, and Kenny G. Three, two professional wide receivers and one who was a first-round draft choice a year ago. It's time for a road to redemption for these guys. It's time. Let them on the field. Kelly Lee's dad said it best in the second 
Bad News Bears movie. Let them play. Let them play. Just let them play. Because you know what? It can't be any worse than what we're looking at. And just one more food, uh, food, uh, food for thought. One more. Did anyone notice that wide receivers come to the Giants and their careers seem to die? And there's only one common denominator. And that's Daniel Jones. But again, we don't want to talk about these things because Daniel Jones had a gutsy, brave game. There have been plenty of guys, plenty of Giants have had gutsy, brave games who got the crap beat out of them that threw for over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. You know, and I've said it before, don't piss down my leg and tell me it's raining. Daniel Jones cannot crack the 200-yard mark. I don't care how much pressure you are because some quarterbacks thrive on the pressure. Go back to the 2011 Eli Manning playoff game against the 49ers. People seem to forget we had one of the worst lines in the league in 2011 and went on to win the Super Bowl. Eli Manning took a beating that game, a beating, and he still threw for over 300 yards. I just love how the some of the fan bases, I guess, expectations or goals for their quarterbacks have fallen off quite dramatically because you can't sit there and say, hey, this guy hasn't thrown for 200 yards yet in two games, but he's looking good. No. He still stares down one guy. He still doesn't go through his progressions. And instead of throwing deep, he checks down almost every time. And to the point that announcers have been pointed out on multitudes of occasions, he's got guys open deep. He just doesn't see them. So before we blame the line, before we blame the receivers, why don't we try putting some of the blame on the quarterback? Uh, we're going to have a stream today at 4 o'clock with the Dahmer. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of big stuff coming up. We also have the... Um, uh, also going to be at the game on Sunday at the Bears game. I don't rain, sleet, or snow. I'm going to be there. We're going to be over in the red lot right next to the Verizon Center in the very, very front. So if you're if you're around, stop on by. You'll see the Jeep. You'll see the tent. We'll all be having some good times. Having some, you know, like I've said before, have a stop by, have a beer. It won't cost nothing. And again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue. We'll bring you the best in New York Giants sports talk entertainment. And as always, if you could like, if you subscribe, if you can ring that bell, I think you know what that means. That'd be awesome. Bonus clip. We're getting into the bonus clip for OG Online Big Blue members. We're getting on to the bonus clip for the guys that, and everyone, and the guys and gals, I should say, that uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I just keep having this feeling that everyone, not everyone, but there is a segment of Giant fans that are bashing Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. And I don't know why. I, I don't get it. Well, I get it because they were first-round draft choice. But we are three games into the season. And people are already saying, well, Evan Neal's a bum. These are the same people that told us that Andrew Thomas was a bum after his rookie season. Probably the same people. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau, after coming back from the sprained MCL, finally gets into the game, finally gets some, some action. And what do the fan base says? Because what are the, some of the majority, not a majority, but some of the fan base, what do they say? Well, he's not going to be a Parsons. How are you how are you evaluating that after maybe 20 snaps? What's the evaluation process? Because Aziz Ojolario at eight and eight and a half sacks last year did not look or play well Sunday, excuse me, Monday either. So is he a bum now? Should we get rid of Aziz Ojolari? Because he didn't play well? Because he came back from an injury and it was his first snaps of the season and he was on a pitch count? Can we say that? It's early, guys. It's three weeks. It's three weeks into the season. And I love it because I, I, I always harken back. And it just makes me laugh because I keep thinking. You can do it! 
We suck again. I, I, I keep thinking that because that's what giant fans are. It's the, the pendulum just swings so much in so many different violent directions. We're 2-0. It's the greatest. We're, we're the greatest team on earth. We're better than 2011, 2007, 86, 90. Any of the championships in the 50s, we're better than those teams. We play a better team on Sunday and probably should have lost by two, two, two more touchdowns. We played a better team and all know, oh, no, we suck again. No, we are just a not a very good team. Not a bad team, but we're just not a very good team. We don't have a ton of talent who got lucky to win two games in the beginning. Now, and you could tell me, you could, you could tell me luck has nothing to do with it. And I'm going to tell you right now, luck has a lot to do with a lot of things because the, the, the ball is shaped funny in football for a reason, because you got to get those bounces. You, it, you never know which way the ball is going to bounce. And that's why they always say it. And going back to the Al Pacino movie, any given Sunday, you don't know. But to all of a sudden turn around and say Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to be any good, that Evan Neal is not going to be any good after three games is moronic. Give him an entire season. Hell, we have given, and these are probably the same people that still believe in Daniel Jones, even though we're going into year four. So we're going into year four with a quarterback who still hasn't proven anything. But we're going to give up on our two first-round picks because they have not looked spectacular in the first three weeks. Does anyone else see the craziness in that? Does anyone, does anyone, does anyone else have to have that moment to ponder and say, what the hell are people looking at? What are they, what are they thinking? And these are people that are supposed to be, and like I said, some people have been sending me videos and stuff. I don't watch them, but these are people that are supposed to be knowledgeable. You're not very knowledgeable if you're giving up on your first round draft choices after three weeks because they don't look good. And if that was the if that was the litmus test, then Andrew Thomas should have been waived. And I love it now because these are the same people who are now massively in love with Andrew Thomas. Even when Andrew Thomas had a bad season last year. I sat there and said, he's got potential. I, I did a video, go back and watch it. And I said, there, there seems to be an issue. I said, there seems to be a giddy up in his step when he goes backwards, almost like there's something wrong. And then it turned out he was playing with a bum ankle because he had a little hop when he went back in the past defense. He had a little hop. But you know what? By, by other, some people's logic, we should just get rid of him. We should just get rid of them. You know, and this brings up to an interesting point, actually. Uh, there's a guy that I use. I used to get information from. He, he used to work in the league. He retired about a year and a half ago. He was the same guy. And these are all things that you can go verify and validify by going back and watching the videos. He's a guy that told me the Giants would not pass on Andrew Thomas. He's the same gentleman that told me that the Giants were going to sign James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. He's also the same guy that told me Matt Rule wasn't leaving Carolina. And like I said, you can go back and watch all those videos. I find it interesting because I was talking to him yesterday about Daniel Jones. And I, 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 I hearken back to the Troy Aikman comment because I, I had to watch the, I watched the game again yesterday. I was at the game. So sometimes you miss things, but you really see more things when you're at the game. And I, I, I watched the game yesterday and Buck, you know, made a comment where he said, the Giants haven't made a decision yet on Daniel Jones and Troy Aikman. So succinctly put it, yes, they have because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. 
And he's basically playing for an audition around the league. Now, I asked my friend who worked in the NFL for 30-plus years, what does he think of Daniel Jones, and what do you think his chances of him coming back to the Giants or finding another team as a starter? And I laughed because there was a, there was a saisur, a dramatic pause, and he said, uh, he goes, right now, zero. Because the, and, and he has spoken to people around the league because he's got contacts from around the league, and he's, he's talked to people about Daniel Jones before, and he said the only people that are high on Daniel Jones or allegedly high on Daniel Jones are, are the Giants because the teams that he has spoken to, you know, if he brings up Daniel Jones, everyone's like, no. There is, there is this conception that the rest of the league is in love with Daniel Jones, but honestly, it just seemed, in his mind, he's telling me it's just in the New York bubble. It's just in the bubble of New York that everyone's in love with Daniel Jones. Well, not everyone. There's, there's a segment of a fan base. But the problem is if you go outside the bubble, a lot of people just see what Daniel Jones is, a first-rate quarterback who has athletic ability and can scramble but is not going to take your team to the playoffs, potentially not even take your team to a winning record and not be the guy that you build around. But the only delusional people that we that that don't see this are giant fans who have been hanging on hope beyond hope that he is the guy. And I've said this a million times. We've gotten spoiled with we got spoiled with Eli Manning for 16 years. We got spoiled because we never needed a quarterback. And now all of a sudden, it's the thing is sometimes you go into the quarterback desert. You go from the Phil Sims to the Dave Brown to the Kent Grahams to the Danny Cannells before you finally land on Kerry Collins. You know, Kerry Collins, you go through the Kurt Warner, you know, and then you finally land on the Eli Manning. Some teams search for years to find their franchise quarterbacks. Miami looked for years after Dan Marino. It doesn't always mean you're going to hit on the first guy you draft. It is very rare that you find two franchise quarterbacks in a row. It's extremely rare. So I think some people need to understand their giant history, and I think sometimes we need to understand the fact that you need to figure out that you're not always going to find the guy. And I, in giving a guy four years is more than enough, it's more than ample time to figure out that he's not. Most, pe- most teams figure it out after two years, but all we do in Giant Land is make excuses. His offensive line was bad. He lacks wide receivers. All right, we go get him offensive line, we go get him wide receivers. Well, they're, they're not playing well. He, he had a miraculous game. He, he really stood out. Daniel Jones isn't the reason why they lost, but he's also not the reason why they're winning. That's what you need. That's what you need to look at. We had a quarterback who's yet to throw for over 200 yards in three games. There's a there is there is a problem brewing with that. And like I said, if the defense starts playing up to par and continues to play up to par and keep us in these and it's keeping us in these games, and then Daniel Jones is the one that takes us out of these games. This is when we're going to start having issues. I like to thank everyone for staying around for the very first bonus clip. That's the first. That's our first bonus clip in reference to the podcast and the OG on Big Blue uh, OG Online Big Blue members. And again, this is Tone Online Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Giants sports talking our team. And as always, if you could like, if you subscribe, if you could ring that bell, I think you know what that means. That'd be awesome.